This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host, researcher and entrepreneur, Ollie Tikkanen. Welcome, everyone. This is a bonus episode introducing our new podcast series and the new podcast host. So our earlier podcast series will continue with our, our normal hosts as before, but in addition, we will have a new series. So absolutely great news for the podcast. So in this episode, I will be chatting with our new host about her background, interest and new series. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our new host, Anom Aroots. Welcome, Anom. Thank you very much, Oli. Thank you for having me over and thank you for providing me with the opportunity to be a new um, host of the podcast. Yeah, I'm very excited that you can start as a new host. Thank you. So am I. Yeah, so we will get to the series a bit later, but we, should we start about you? So tell us a little bit about you. Feel free to start wherever you want. Okay, sure. Um, so I'm originally from Islamabad, Pakistan, and um, I did my bachelor's, master's and MPhil in psychology, which is basically equivalent to six years of education in Pakistan. And um, I did it from Islamabad, and then I got a fully funded PhD scholarship at Literal Melbourne. And I moved to Melbourne, and it has been amazing so far. And um, so I started doing research in the field of sport, exercise, and health psychology. And uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing at the moment. And um, I can talk more about my PhD research if you want, because I think if you give a PhD student an opportunity to talk about their research, they never stop. They just grab the opportunity to express themselves. So, yeah. Yeah, so so interesting. You are from Islamabad and, and ended up to Australia. How, how have you, before we go to your PhD research, how have you liked Australia? Oh, it's amazing. So I am basically in Melbourne and I have not been able to see um, any other parts of Australia except just the capital of Canberra. Um, but Melbourne, it is just so amazing. And if, I mem- if my memory is not mistaken, I think M- Melbourne has been rated the most livable city in the world um, on like a consecutive basis. So I remember when I moved here, it was back in 2016, um, people would say this thing that, oh my God, Melbourne has been rated the most livable country for the sixth consecutive time. And I'm sure the um, tradition continues. So it's really amazing. It's, it's quite a multicultural place and people are nice and um, like the city is beautiful. I love the transport system. So I think everything is amazing about Melbourne. 
Yeah, that's that's nice to nice to hear. I have actually never been in Australia. It's just I've had plans to go, mm-hmm. but it's so far away that I I usually try to be like longer time, especially if it's a long flight. And I have always ended up like halfway to Thailand or some other place and never never got there. So it's still still on my list. Maybe maybe one day I will I will have the long flight. Sure, and I'm sure you'll never be there. disappointed. Yeah, why not? I know the travel um, time is a bit of a trick because um, if I talk about the distance between Melbourne and um, Islamabad in terms of time, so. Um, it is usually a connecting flight via Abu Dhabi or uh, Abu Dhabi in um, Bangkok, and it takes mm. like approximately twenty-two hours. So yeah, it's it's a long flight. All right, so it's so long all, also from Islamabad because I'm I'm on the other side of the world, like in Europe and in Finland at the moment. So I I thought that it's for us a long flight, but it's also also for you. It's been a long yeah. flight. Yeah. Yeah, so that's interesting. So would you like to now tell about your PhD research? Sure. Um, so as I said earlier, that it is in the field of sport, exercise and health psychology. And uh, my field of research is particularly um, physical activity. And uh, what I'm looking at is basically the facilitators and barriers for participation in sports and physical activity. And the target sample is culturally and linguistically diverse women. Now, the reason why I have chosen this sample is because, as I said earlier, that Australia and then Melbourne in particular is a very multicultural country and city, respectively. Um... So the levels of physical activity, they are the lowest among this target group. And because of the low levels of uh, physical activity, the incidence of diseases, both physical and psychological disorders, that is the highest in this group. So the purpose basically is to do research then on this group and uh, whatever... um, comes forth from the research because we talk about facilitators and barriers so what motivates them to participate in physical activity and what keeps them from participating in physical activities so it can i think be a very good resource for um, not just academics but actually practitioners and policy makers that they can take necessary steps to make sure that okay these facilitators have been identified these barriers have been identified so what they can do now to lessen those barriers and to enhance those facilitators by providing opportunities so that the levels of physical activity among this group that um, increase and then um, subsequently the incidence of diseases that decreases and uh, um, I'm basically, so it's actually interdisciplinary research. And so it's, it's, it's a combination of psychology and public health and sport management. And uh, the model that this research is based upon is the social ecological model, which basically has five levels um, underneath. So we talk about 
intrapersonal or personal factors, there are social or interpersonal factors, the third is environmental, fourth is national, and fifth is the global level factors. So um, the purpose of employing this model is that, as I said, it is interdisciplinary. So we are not approaching the facilitators and barriers just from a psychological perspective, but from many other perspectives and um, teasing apart all those um, facilitators and barriers from this perspective can actually bring into light um, information and knowledge that, as I said earlier, can be useful um, for the policymakers. Mm, sounds like a really important topic. I think it's not only Melbourne or Australia that uh, diverse women have a low low level levels of physical activity. I think it's the same in in for example in UK. So really important things. So what kind of facilitators and barriers you have you have found? Um, so I have yet to start data collection, but um, on the basis of the literature review, I can definitely provide you with an overview. So um, starting with the first level, as I said, the, which are the individual factors. So it has both the biological and psychological factors. And um, we particularly emphasize upon the psychological factors. So let's say if um, people have lower self-efficacy, they have lower motivation to participate in physical activity, they have a lower self-esteem. So now, the basic thing here is that it, it is difficult to say that one factor is a facilitator and one factor is a barrier because the same factor can actually act as a facilitator and as a barrier. Um, if you provide that factor, it acts as a facilitator. If you withdraw that factor, it acts as a barrier. So, for example, in the next level, which is the, um, the social level factors where we particularly talk about the social support from the family members, from your friends, from the people around you, your significant others. If you get that social support, it will act as a facilitator. It will increase the, like, it is likely to increase the level of physical activity. Whereas if you do not get the um, required level of social support from your family and the society, um, overall, it will act as a barrier. Um, so the list is long, basically. Like if I say this thing that these are the barriers, these are the facilitators, the list is long. Um, when we look at the literature, so different researches have identified different factors. So obviously there is a commonality that, um, there is a set of factors which have been identified by all researches but then there are some factors which are identified by some researches and then in particular ethnic groups because when we talk when we say called which is basically an acronym for culturally and linguistically diverse women so we are not just talking about one group let's say we are talking about muslims and then even under the muslim category we have pakistanis and we have um, um we have somalian we have um so many other nationalities. So um, there are differences across ethnic groups as well, but there are similarities as well. Um, 
Then if you talk about environment, so we have social environment, we have built environment and we have natural environment. So just again, to give you an example, um, in terms of social environment, so whether you have any role models, um, it, it could be your family, like any of your family members, it could be any of like a sport personality. If you have a role model and they exercise, um, they do exercise, they engage in physical activities. So that will act as a role model for you. And that can actually encourage you to participate in physical activity. Then you have the natural environment, like the, oh, feel free to cut me off if you have a question. Um, no, no, please keep going on. So in terms of natural environment, so for example, the uh, parks, the lakes you have, because these are the places which encourage you to do physical activity, because physical activity is not just indoors, it is outdoors. And that is where when we talk about green and blue therapy, you know, like green therapy close to parks and blue therapy close to like, um, like water, like beaches. And then there is built environment. This is very important uh, because when we talk about the built environment, so it depends that whether you have walking tracks, whether you have footpaths. So whether these things are present in an epic proportion to um, encourage people to engage in physical activity. Now, if you look at the current research, there has been a focus on the personal or the intrapersonal and the interpersonal and the environmental factors, as I have just described. But there is less research on the next two levels of physical activity, which is where my research will contribute to the existing knowledge. Because um, when we talk about the national or like the policy level factors, Again, just to give you an example, the transport system. So whether you have um, like a transport system which encourages physical activity, how that whether you have bus stops at a walking distance from your home that you can walk to the bus stops and then, or maybe you can cycle um, to a bus stop and then you can take the bus. And then there is this urban planning um, how are the um, buildings structured, whether they have the green elements in them, whether they are surrounded by greenery. So these are the national factors and then the policy level factors. So when you talk about education, so we have like all educational institutions, whether they provide you with enough opportunities to engage in physical activity. So for example, in schools, whether the classrooms and whether when um, children, they get breaks, so whether they their breaks are um, divided into some like physical activities and at the workplaces, whether you are provided some opportunities to engage in physical activity, like, you know, the standing desks are now replacing the sitting desks. And the last level is um, the, um, the the global factors. So the global economy, the global transport system, as we're just talking about, you know, like um, such long distance between Melbourne and Islamabad or between Melbourne or any other country of the world. 
and then again urban planning and climate crisis so these are all the things which um which which have a direct or even an indirect impact upon the levels of physical activity so the list is long i have just um tried to provide you with an overview based upon this um five levels of the social ecological model and yeah that's the thing basically that um that is why it is interdisciplinary in nature that you have to take perspectives from different fields not just within psychology but across other disciplines as well to be able to have a um you know like a nice um overarching grasp on the facilitators and barriers Mm, yeah that was that was a great summary of different levels of facilitators and barriers and and I think it's there's a lot of lot of to study and, and very very important work that you are doing so this was what you are doing in your PhD work what what are your general research interests more more widely um well i think i have always been a psychology person because um the first time i got introduced to psychology was in my bachelor's and from the very first day i should say that i developed not just an interest or liking but like a love for psychology um initially i was more interested in social psychology um i still am but as my phd took um the direction of um sports psychology so what is interesting about this area physical activity i sometimes say to myself and other people that i consider to it to be a blessing in disguise for me because my research interests whether they are pertinent to psychology or any other field of research they revolve around physical activity in sports So uh, my other research interests are basically to understand physical activity in sports because it is it is such a vast field and it bears relevance to almost all aspects of your life and um you know like relevance to society and mankind in general um so first of all I really want to understand that what is physical activity and what theoretical approaches we have um to understand physical activity and uh, then um the work of united nations using sport as a tool for promoting development and peace as it is one of the um the sustainable development goals as well so that is the second thing i'm interested in and uh, then i have lately developed an interest in nutritional psychiatry and again why that is relevant to physical activity because physical activity just like diet is one of the modifiable risk factors for um so many diseases so usually it's different uh, it's sorry it's difficult to um work um on one thing by just getting isolated from the other things so even when we talk about nutritional psychiatry the focus is upon diet but somewhere considering the modifiable risk factors you are talking about physical activity as well so yeah anything and everything which has relevance to physical activity i am really interested in that 
but let me just say this thing that uh, more than the sociological and the management side of it, I am more interested in the psychological and the public health aspect of it and the perspectives that come from sport and exercise sciences. Mm. Yeah, that's that's nice that you have have quite wide interests and and I think a podcast it's a great way like when you're doing research especially a PhD it needs to be quite a narrow focus and you need to spend a lot of time with the with like just really narrow field but with the podcast when you're hosting you can you can have really wide interest you get get to discuss with the really clever people from different fields so it's it's very nice that you have wide research interest it's a podcast is a great avenue for for that kind of balancing the more narrow research what you do that's so correct. so yep. yeah so maybe maybe then we can go to your new series what what will it be about and mm-hmm. how it will be named and and so on Okay, so it was really difficult for me to come up with like a name, like a catchy name um, with all the overarching themes that I want to cover in this podcast. But I have come with the title of um, Interdisciplinary Research in Physical Activity. But I do want to make clear that it is not just about physical activity, it is about sport as well. And I'll come to that shortly. Um, so first of all, um, well, like the reason for doing this uh, podcast is that I think not that I am blowing my own trumpet, but I think I have good communication skills and I like to talk to people. Um, so I think I can polish my skills further. Yeah, I, I fully agree. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Oli. Um, so since I'm a PhD student and I'm also networking with researchers from across the globe and that is how I actually came in touch with you. So I think um, interviewing people from different countries and continents will actually enable me to broaden the spectrum of the knowledge that I currently have about physical activity and sport um so yeah that that will actually um help me in um gaining knowledge and then using this platform to impart that knowledge to a wider and general audience i think that is very important because when we talk about um like any area of research the basic thing is to be able to convey it to um, general audience and I think this is a very good platform to do that especially for a topic that is of such wide significance and such broad relevance um, so yeah this this is what I want to do and then this this way of networking because introducing myself to the uh, potential interviewees and then um, getting to know about their work. So I think it, it can help me in broadening my network as well. And uh, in terms of what I'm going to be focusing upon, so I think this will be a repetition of what I have said earlier. Um, I want to understand physical activity from different perspectives, from different fields. So yes, my focus um, is on like my interest is in 
um, like psychology and I actually thought of the podcast name in the beginning to be psychology of physical activity but then I was like no it's too narrow a topic because then it means that I'm just talking about physical activity from a psychological perspective and um in the, in the real essence, it's really hard to um, understand it if, if you just narrow it because we have already talked about it, that it's quite an um, like interdisciplinary area. So um, I aim to approach this topic from a psychological perspective and then there will be different fields within psychology to do that. Um, public health perspective, um, the sport and exercise sciences perspective, physical education perspective, which is where we talk about uh, physical literacy and physical education teachers. And um, yeah, and, and yes, as I said earlier, so urban planning, this is very important. So it's, it's, it's the list is long. And to be very honest, I'm so excited about it that I have already identified like a list of people that I want to interview. And the list is long, but I just want to make sure that we'll alternate between people from different fields and, um, offer their perspective. And the, um, the, the, the key factor here is that I want to synthesize the information or the knowledge that I'll come across um, from academics, from practitioners, and from um, the advocates and the policymakers. And I just want to somehow synthesize that information to be in a position to put forth that knowledge in front of people um, so that we work in collaboration, because if academics just keep on doing research, and if you're not able to translate that research into policy and practice, then I think there's, there's little worth of that research. It's, it's just like confining research to papers and books, and nobody um, will, you know, like, I won't say that nobody, but then, you know, everybody will not be able to benefit from that. Yeah, sounds sounds absolutely great. So interdisciplinary research on P of PA and including sports. That's I think it's a very, very good addition to the podcast. And I'm I'm really happy to have you as, as we have been quite European, Western centric, basically, just from the practical point of view. So you you bring diversity in many forms and, and can have guests more easier from different different places and also it's nice to have someone from australia time zone so i'm not oh, always yes. recording <laughs> seven in the morning or in the midnight so it's nice to have someone who can who can take care of those and guests and yeah sure um i just want to add um one thing that initially i said that it's not just physical activity it's sport as well so sport is physical activity but um, yes. my primary research is in physical activity uh, where we are not talking about, um, not just talking about competitive and organized and formal sport, but physical activity. My understanding is that physical activity is, is a more generic term uh, 
that applies to laymen more. And when we talk about sport, that is more about athletes. One thing that I want to cover in my podcast is that I want to have sports psychologists uh, comment on this thing because when we say the term sports psychology, it immediately occurs to us that we are talking about high-performing athletes and high-performing sports. That is not the case. Basically, the principles that we learn in sports psychology by, yes, studying the psychology of athletes, we can actually um, apply those principles to performance psychology and we can apply those principles to general public. So this is um, another aim of my podcast that I would like to um, go beyond just physical activity researchers to sports psychologists and then see that how can their perspective of working with sportsmen uh, benefit general people. Yeah, I, I think that's a good good point. Physical activity includes kind of everything. I think the definitions, one definition of physical activity is that any muscle activity that increases energy expenditure. So basically brushing your feet is physical activity in in a way even. But I think we 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 don't have perfect terms here. So I think it's it's a little bit like sports what is it we usually think it as a as a organized top level sports how is for example parkour when you just go and do it alone when you on your way to work and you do parkour jumps what what is it and and also in a way that when you have play you just kind of have fun when kids do is it play or is it sports i think there's there's a fine line between those and and then we have a word exercise which is which is kind of done to improve fitness so if you do it for some other reason then it's not kind of exercise even though you you happen to improve so i think we we're kind of lacking maybe good terms and some some for example departments they are talking about movement culture or movement in a way that they don't need to say exercise or sport or physical activity so i think you will have interesting discussions about these different differences uh, from from different fields of researchers that's correct i agree with you and um yeah i'm looking forward to it yeah so is there anything else you would like to add into this this discussion now um i think i have already spoken a lot and i gave you less chances to speak so um no um i think that's pretty much it i'm just uh, looking forward to interviewing um like different people and um we can actually start with this thing. Like you raised a very important concern that um, there is no demarcation line between the definition of different terms. They are just overlapping. So um, as I had mentioned earlier that, you know, I would like to understand it from different perspectives. So maybe having guests from different fields, um, they can just tease apart the um differences and the similarities between these terms so yeah quite excited about it yeah 
Super. So it was really interesting to hear your story and about your plans for the series. I'm I'm really looking looking forward to listen listen to your series. So thanks a lot, Anam. Thank you very much, Oli. Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Researcher Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcast or whichever app you use. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be a great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes, so be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.